0: So, y'all heard the uh, story we just told. At the end, it got really serious about torture and all that stuff. So, I'm going to try to deal with that today. Um, as Pastor Lauren said last week about the book of Matthew, it's uh, so practical, you know. And he gives this advice about how to do things, how to live in community. And for me, my problem, my issue always is reading Matthew is not just his practicality, but the so black and whiteness of it you know they're like this or this pain and suffering or life and love i'm like well geez matthew i think there's an in between so he's got this terrible message of i will throw you out into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth if you don't do this thing and i just I, i struggle with it because it is sound advice forgiveness is the way I don't disagree with that. I'm actually way into that. I could use forgiveness a lot. You? 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 Right. But it's so grim. As a Lutheran, I'm always clamoring for this grace. But here we are with Jesus talking in this super black and white way. Explaining the way that we are to live in community together. Particularly forgiveness is key if we're going to survive as a community, if we're going to be a people of peace, thrive as a community, we will need to learn how to forgive one another. Because as Pastor Lorne's story about his third grade self tells us anything, who amongst us hasn't rumble-punched Clifford in the stomach? Right? We've all punched the big red dog, right? No? No? Me neither. Okay. Just you, Pastor Lorne. Just you. Okay, well... so we'll skip that example but we'll say uh (laughs) we've all made mistakes right we've all had these moments where we've acted out of character where we've not been ourselves and we felt that pain of embarrassment and shame as we've made those mistakes and it is so beautiful to hear a story of somebody offering forgiveness for us and how transformative that can be i think that story is profound but one thing about this story today is we've got this parable. It's the beginning of a series of parables. We're on this on the way with Matthew. We're going through the book of Matthew. In this parable, Jesus talks about some characters that I think are often overlooked. In this story, we think about the king and the slaves, right? The servant. We heard the story. The kingdom is like this, though. So we should be aware of all the characters because Jesus talks a ton about the kingdom. And he's saying the kingdom is like this this it can be compared to this and he tells this story a king receives this person this slave who owes so much more than they can ever pay back and he forgives the debt because of his mercy he abstains from punishing the servant and he offers him forgiveness great i think it's very easy for us as lutherans to understand well there's god There's that forgiveness. But then the slave continues and he doesn't forgive. The the slave leaves there having experienced forgiveness. The slave leaves there, sees another slave and grabs him by the throat, it says. And says, you give me the money you owe me, which is like only a hundred denarii. He makes a very big deal out of this. Even though he has forgiven this great deal, he's making a fuss over this little amount. And the king hears about this and goes, you wicked slave! gets very grim. There's punishment that comes from this, because what was extended to him was not extended to his peer. You received grace, you should extend grace to others. It's an obvious parable, as Matthew is prone to do, instructing us to do to others what God has first given us. But I think we're overlooking something. Um, I just did that on purpose, by telling you the story that way. Um, How does the king find out how does the king find out that this guy broke the rules and grabbed somebody by the throat? What happens? Slave tattling. Tattling took place. Someone was like, oh no, you're not allowed to do that. See, that's my first interpretation is you're not supposed to do that. You receive forgiveness. But I don't know if that's appropriate because what the text says is they were what? Greatly distressed by what they witnessed greatly distressed by what they witnessed and should we be surprised because it describes there what took place you can imagine this public setting around other people grabbing someone by the throat that's aggressive advice nobody should grab one another by the throat all right it's just not helpful (laughs) But he grabs them by the throat and goes, you give me what you owe. And they are greatly distressed by this. More than that, he says, you pay me what you owe. And when the person asks for mercy, he then throws him in jail. It doesn't say he walks him gingerly. He throws him in jail. Lock this fool up. Throat grabbing and jail tossing. This is aggressive. And I get then why these slaves are like, this is inappropriate. (laughs) This is not right. I'm actually gonna go to the boss, to the Lord, and say, This just happened in public. Which is appropriate because what's just happened is somebody who doesn't have money, he was just forgiven his debts, asked somebody who also doesn't have money to give him money. And he grabs throat, he perpetrates all this violence on him. This aspect of the parable is no small thing that they are distressed by what's just happened. When Jesus says the kingdom is like this, I think it'd be foolish of us to omit the distress felt by these slaves because we too should be distressed when such things take place. Now, maybe you haven't seen throat grabbing or jail tossing, but you have seen how we hurt one another because what they're distressed by what the slaves are truly distressed by is that someone's being hurt. But more than that, our community is being hurt. Because our community is not about this. Our community is not about hurting one another. If the kingdom of God is like something, it's definitely not about hurting one another. So we also hear this, and we should ask ourselves, what causes us distress how does the hurting of other people matter to us today is about not just the what of forgiveness because i think it's imperative that we know we are a people defined by forgiveness but this parable tells us why forgiveness is so critical is because forgiveness puts an end to suffering the idea is in forgiving, this should be an end to it. It stops us from continuing this pain. It's a balm, literally, to our human suffering. I have a story about uh, an experience I had of, of experiencing forgiveness, similar to Lauren's, less Clifford punching. But I think it's something about how the healing can take place from forgiveness that explains why we as people of faith should be totally concerned with limiting how others are being hurt. So maybe it's because I am in this stage of life. Maybe it's because I've got this good shepherd connect. I love the kids here. We just had a children's sermon. Maybe it's because in my life I have two children right here that are in my house regularly. But Maybe it's Matthew 18 as well. Matthew 18 before this says, unless you're like one of these, right? Unless you're like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom. I profoundly believe that children have a lot to teach us about the kingdom of God. So kids, shout out. Well done. You're doing great. So what happened was, uh, it was one of those days where, it was a long day, and uh, Emily wasn't home. I don't know why. But she wasn't home, so I had the kids, and it was great. It was going good, but I was a little, like, depleted. A little done with this. It's getting to bedtime. Harvey's just eaten, so Harvey is all full of energy. Um, Harvey actually got to have, play with his friends. He is all buzzed up and just energetic and jumping around. And I'll tell you, I don't have the margins at this moment for this. And he's bouncing around, asking all these questions, talking to me, and I go, Okay, Harvey, just chill out! That's how loud my voice was. Harvey, you've got to relax. You're acting like a lunatic right now. I need you to chill. And he goes, shh. Okay. He goes upstairs. I hear the thumping. It didn't stop the jumping around. But uh, I immediately feel that parent guilt. I'm sure you guys have felt that before where you're like, One, I just called him a name, called him a lunatic. That's probably not appropriate. Two, um, He's done nothing wrong. He's just energized. He's full of energy. He's an eight-year-old. That's totally appropriate. Age appropriate, right? That's what my wife says. It's age appropriate. So then, um, then the last thing, I- I'm depleted. I'm out of gas. This is what this is what's happening. I'm not being myself. I'm not being my best self. I'm not being generous. And I hear him up there, and I hear Amelia leave her room and goes in there and goes, "Let's just calm down. Dad's having a tough day." And I go, "Oh my God." Oh, God, I am clearly detectable. I'm not being my best self. Because my daughter is like, let's just relax. So I go up there because I have to, I need to apologize. If, if any of you are opposed to parents apologizing, you got to model it, right? you got to do it. If you expect your kids to apologize, you got to apologize. So I go up and I tell Harvey, I say, man, sorry about all that. I was... You weren't doing anything wrong. I was out of character. I was grumpy about something. Sorry about that. And Harvey just goes, oh, it's fine. Give me a hug even. I got a hug out of the deal. I probably insisted because I needed that, <laughs> you know. And I say, I'm just really sorry. He goes, it's okay. It's fine. You're all right. Start to leave and I'm going to go to Amelia's room. And Amelia is already in her room and she's got eyes wide like this and a little grin like looks surprisingly like Emily at this moment, eyes are raised, she knows, she knows I was dysregulated, you know, so I go, "Uh, that was really great, thank you for that, Uh, and apologies to you too, she goes, it's fine, it's good, it's one of those nights, it's like, "Mm." I was out of character, I shouldn't have done it, she goes, it's okay, tough time, you know, that was an eye-opener for me because what they have is this potential. When I said to Harvey, sorry for that, I was out of character, he has every right to go, it sure was, inappropriate, loud mouth, you raised your voice at me for no good reason, I wasn't doing anything wrong, I know the rules. But he didn't, he said, it's okay. Amelia, the same thing, she has every business to go, you need to get a hold of yourself. And they, a uh, the 12-year-old <laughs> could have said that to me. And I would have been right to feel all that shame that came with it. But she forgoes that and says, hey, it's okay. Because of love, right? Obviously. Understand this? I wonder if we offer the same thing to strangers. If we offer the same thing to the person who frustrates us in our daily life. I wonder how powerful it would be to not just be a people defined by forgiveness, but a people who are defined by how we forego offering this suffering and pain that that comes with our mistakes because our mistakes do come with that we can hurt one another what i did there was dysregulate not just harvey or not just myself but a whole household as was exhibited by amelia going hey let's chill we have the ability to affect the people around us on how we're going to be people of peace or not i ask you how are we as a church going to be about reducing lowering eliminating the suffering of others because pain always comes with sin sin is about missing that mark not we get preoccupied with sin sometimes obsessed with how we failed but really i wonder if we could be as concerned about how our mistakes could hurt somebody else how our anger resentment can hurt somebody else and that's something we should be mindful of as people of god that parable is about how these poor slaves are distressed by what they witness, which is turning this mistake, sure, we can owe someone. But not hurt somebody. Not hurt somebody for that. That's what we're being invited into, is how we're going to eliminate pain. That's something I learned, was the pain alleviated in, in saying someone saying, it's all right because they had every right to deliver more discomfort to me. We should forgive not just to be like God, but because God is about that same thing we should be about, which is ending all this suffering and harm that we can exhibit on others. Ridding the world of our resentment, ridding the world of the debts owed is my deepest hope that we forgive, not just because we know it's better to but because Jesus agrees. It is better that we are people of forgiveness. It is better that we eliminate hurting one another. And for that, I say, thanks be to God. For that, I say, go in peace. Go, serve, forgive though. End that suffering because we have that ability. Amen.